Hello, and welcome to American Pale Males, your nerdy beer tasting podcast. As always, I am one of your hosts, Jeremy, and with me is the uh, the other host who has to find a way to keep this one clean while saying the name of the beer today. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, <laughs> it falls into our... Oh, it's Michael, by the way. Yeah, yeah. But our guidelines say if it's part of the beer style or beer name, then it's, you know, you're not really swearing, you're just stating a proper noun. Now, are these guidelines like anywhere, or is it just something you threw in there so that we don't get a delightful, explicit tag from iTunes? That's just stuff I made up. Oh, okay. I mean, once again, I don't care, but uh, (laughs) here we are. Michael, my voice Mm -hmm. is a little shredded. Yes, yes. Two concerts in one weekend. Uh, Technically three if you count Jim Norton. (laughs) I saw him on Saturday. It was great. Well, if you were laughing uproariously, and I technically, was. okay. Now that's that's definitely some stuff that I cannot repeat on this podcast. Yeah, that's <laughs> truly <laughs> explicit. He's a gross little man. Like I don't, I don't know what made me laugh harder his uh, his jokes, which were very very funny, or his just his weird rubbery face. <laughs> he's really thin now, though, isn't he? I mean, he looks normal. I don't know if he's okay. thin, but he's not like a doughy uh, meaty breasted zilch i believe is how he referred to himself <laughs> okay i don't think that was in there yeah kind of like the pokemon muck don't remember that one <laughs> maybe i'm making that up but i think that you had some uh you have a beer brag once again this is two weeks in a row are you okay yeah, no getting back on track so i went to a bar i guess <laughs> <laughs> slow um, down michael you don't do it no, all in not one a weekend. bar what is it uh like like a gastro pub. Ale house. Yes, there you go. They had a tap takeover from a place nearby called the Hop House. Hop House. Brew House. <laughs> yeah, there, yes. Yeah. Put a little accent on it. House. You know, pretty local. I don't think they do any canning or bottling. Um, if they do, it's on a very small scale. So it's kind of one of your nano brew types, mm-hmm. which is great. Sure. And I had two of theirs from this tap takeover. I tried two of theirs. One was the Mellow West Yellow, which was an exclusive to like four tap houses. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Just for a craft beer week. And this was a Belgian style Saison. Okay. 5.3%. And I guess there's not too much to say about it. It was just a really yeasty Saison. I guess if it leaned in one direction, it's like grassy or crisp. It, It was more on the yeasty side and it's been mm-hmm. a while since i had a saison so that was pretty refreshing i did enjoy that one but the more notable one was called sweet mike's demise <laughs> which i realize is kind of funny for our show because uh we once had a host named mike we i mean technically we still do <laughs> yeah well okay yeah that'd be me um but this is a bourbon yes, barrel Michael, it would be you this <laughs> is <laughs> a <laughs> this is a bourbon barrel aged imperial stout, 9.4%. Ooh. So it started out kind of typical bourbon aged beer, just like real punch smack mm-hmm. to the palate of really rich malt and really bourbony taste. Um, but after you swallowed it, you had this lingering flavor of vanilla and a little bit of that bourbon flavor, Ooh. but just a really delicate, almost aftertaste that stayed on the tongue for like a whole minute oh wow and so yeah 
it was like kind of like lava rolling over and then the steam rising after the lava passes for a minute or two and Mm -hmm. that flavor was incredible it was almost better than the beer itself just this aftertaste of vanilla stank one might say yeah exactly yeah these i guess maybe it'd be tannins maybe giving it that flavor i'm not sure but i don't know yeah that's beyond the scope of my current analysis but it was great in that regard so excellent yeah Jeremy, what do you have for a beer brag? So, uh, I went with photographer of the show to uh, see noted Los Angeles, California punk band, The Bronx, in Davenport. They're from L.A. and they're called The Bronx? Yes. Yes, they are. Uh, Okay, there's no rule that says you can't do that? That's right. You show me where in the rule book it says you can't do that, Michael. (laughs) Yes, that precedent was set in the People versus Air Bud court case. But we stopped at the Barrel House in downtown Davenport, and we had a, a couple of Tank Puncher IPAs, but I've already talked about those. I okay, think. yes. I think you did too, yeah. It, it's the, the hairier version of Juice Factory from Reunion. It's very, very good. It does not have the delightful man grinding an orange on his head like uh, Homer Simpson, but yep. it is still really good. Uh, when we found out the show had been pushed back to let the venue fill out a little bit, we went to Great River Brewery, which was right around the corner. And we tried their double and triple crank, which are a Belgian double and Belgian triple, respectively. Mm. The double crank came in at 6.5, I want to say. Okay. Uh, yeah, this... It, yeah. Untapped is incorrect. It did not come in at 9.2 because the triple came in at 9.2. Um, ah. They were good. The uh, the double did a really good job of getting, you know, some of those, uh, not roasty, but, you know, malty, a little bit of the fruit coming in from yeah. that one would see in a quad. And the triple seemed like, you know, uh, Eastern Iowa's answer to Blonde Fatale. Okay. I'll put, put it that way. And both were excellent. They led to uh, uh, much mosh pitting, various sick pit moves. I, I wasn't able to ride Zach like a horsey, but... <laughs> uh, he did pick me up and swing me around like a hammer at one point, which is, which is always fun. I'm telling you, you need to come to one of these things with us, Michael. They're a lot of fun. I have seen Zach pick you up and play you like a guitar. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so I forgot I can, about can that. Visualize that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it's, it's things like that. I mean, I'm not as light as I used to be, which right. is to say that I'm now a normal weight as opposed to a uh, Christian Bale and the Machinist-esque freak. <laughs> but, yeah. He, he's 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 a strong dude. He can still pick me up, just not for as long. That sounds delicious, Jeremy. They were very good. We have some mail in the American Pale Mail Mail Pail. Well, you have not botched that yet. I think I'm getting it down. And actually, it's from <laughs> the aforementioned Mike, because last episode we had the Braupact. Oh, yeah. Way to roll the R there, Michael, despite <laughs> it being a German beer. <laughs> well, it's a... um. International collaboration, so I threw in a totally separate country in there. I was going to say, yeah. Um, And at the end of it, we're like, oh, yeah, this seems like a beer Mike would like because we know he likes Hefe's and we know he likes hoppy beers. Mm -hmm. And so he did get back to us, and he said, I had the brow packed a few weeks ago. I liked it, but not as much as you two. He didn't rate it at the time, but he says he would have given it a 3.75. That's respectable, if wrong. Yeah. He said, I like the bitterness, but when I'm having a Hefe, I like those Hefe flavors to shine without any distractions. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I got no problem with that. And then he also said, because we're talking about infusing (laughs) beers, and this is really interesting. Yeah, this is. This is good. 
So apparently he's on a local beer enthusiast Facebook group. And he was talking about how they've mentioned, they posted or described using Reese's Puffs in a French press with a stout or various stouts. And he said, worth looking into, I think. Which, you know, at first I'm like, oh, that's kind of sounds weird. But when you think about what cereal does to milk after it's in the bowl, with a stout, I could see that making something a little more sweeter, making it a little more superficially chocolatey. Mm-hmm. Instead of that roasted chocolate, it'd be like actual sugar chocolate. Chocolate as opposed to cocoa or cacao. Yeah. Do you like uh, Reese's Puffs? I'm not a huge sweet cereal fan. Right, right, right. I'm more of a Crispix guy. That said, I can see this working. I don't know if I would try it. I have some uh, some people. My father is coming into town this weekend, and he is a... Uh, he somehow, despite living in western Iowa in the middle of nowhere, came across Old Rasputin while he was in Omaha for something. And oh. it's become a go-to for him, so I might wow. have... I might, yeah, I know, right? It's weird. So I might... If if I don't take him to the sanctuary for that free pitcher, I may have to swing by a local store and uh, get some oak chips and uh, some coffee. Well, grind up some coffee. Yeah, that uh, that recipe we mentioned last week, mm-hmm. I was going to say. The, and it was Old Rasputin, I think, was the stout they suggested. It was indeed. Uh, and so, Michael, you mentioned that uh, the, the Reese's Puffs putting yes. like, that cereal-y flavor in there. When I was in Las Vegas, the fiancé and I stopped at a place called Milk Bar. At least I think okay. it was called Milk Bar. It's in the Cosmo. And they were featured on some Netflix show or another. I, I don't remember what it was. I think it was Chef's Table. Mm-hmm. But they had some things that... Uh, my fiance really wanted to try one of which was, oh, it was like cereal milk ice cream. Hmm. Oh, I see. So yeah. yeah. <laughs> so they infuse the milk with cereal and then well make ice cream out of it. Seemingly. So I I'm n- I'm not exactly sure how they did it. Uh, when we went there, she ordered the uh, the crack pie, which was you know some sort of chocolatey super addictive food, which was it was okay. Mm-hmm. But uh, she also was like, oh, and I'll take a small one of these uh, uh, cereal milk ice creams or, or whatever it was called. And the woman that was behind the counter had said, is like, hey, you know, ah, would you like a sample of it first? Because a lot of people have said, you know, it's different than what they expect and we don't want to, you know, sell you something that you don't want, basically, which mm-hmm. is admirable, especially in Las Vegas. Yes. Um, and so it was, it reminded me more of like, malted powder if that makes any sense okay it was it was more of that with like a little bit of extra sweetness added in there so i suspect it would be similar to this uh reese's puff mishigash but uh yeah but yeah that just reminded me of the uh cereal milk ice cream i thought it was i thought it was really good it was kind of malty it was kind of sweet but it wasn't like too sweet i think the fiance was expecting it to be sweeter than it actually was Mm. but yeah, it was still it was still she liked it just not enough to get a whole thing of it. Oh, I see. Yeah, that's interesting. Cereal, you know, I don't know what else. Cereal on donuts thing now and so I might Cereal killers. Tr- I might give this a try at some point. I I guess I'd have to figure out what stout to use. Maybe I'd just use something real basic and see if it improves off that basicity. <laughs> Basicness. <laughs> yeah, that'd probably be the better word. Uh it's not like a lie. Yeah, I was just I was trying to figure out something to go there, but uh, I would use uh, if I were you. I don't know if it's a seasonal or a year round, but 
Something like a Sierra Nevada stout. Okay, yeah. Like just that red label just baseline stout. You know it's good because it's got the Sierra Nevada label on it, but it's not gonna be like if the uh the, the Reese's puffs really crap it up, you're not gonna be like, Oh man, I spent five dollars on this bottle of beer. Right, yeah. And plus you won't have any other flavors interfering, like at least I wouldn't want to start with too many variables. That's what I'm going for. Sure. You know, you don't want a coffee stout or a milk stout. At least at first blush, I wouldn't think, just so you can get the pure Reese's Puff experience. But Jeremy. Michael. One more thing before the FDR. Yes. I have some bruise news. Interesting. Or in this case, more of like an interesting article. Okay. This was on beervana.com, or at least I think it's .com. It's an article by Jeff Allworth, and it reads, headline is... Oh, Jeff Allworth. Yeah, him. Budweiser's new beer has nothing to do with George Washington. Hmm? Budweiser put out a press release from Leuven, Belgium, because, you know, that's where they're headquartered. And the press release went as follows. Freedom Reserve Red Lager, which is their new specialty release, you know, they always drop these random releases, Uh is the second specialty lager to appear in Budweiser's reserve collection and is inspired by George Washington's hand-penned recipe from his personal military journal dating back to 1757. Okay. Okay. And Jeff, in his article, replies, no, it's not. (laughs) Well, I mean, come on. Breweries routinely make beers inspired by, in quotes, historical examples with greater or lesser fidelity to the originals. This, however, is a fraud. Literally nothing about red lager has anything to do with the weird <laughs> recipe in 25-year-old Washington's journal that he scribbled onto in uh, 1757. Okay. And so there's some nice interesting history here. Case A. Washington drank ales. In the mid-18th century, yes, lagers yeah. were exclusively made in Bavaria, and it was an obscure provincial... Is that the right word? Provincial? Provincial. Of a province? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Provincial tradition ignored by the rest of the world. And basically, London was a center of the brewing universe, not Munich. Sure. So probably at that time, the biggest beer style was the porter. And this was the first international super style, as he calls it. Lagers were just a tiny little niche in a little segment of Europe and mm-hmm. did not come over here. And so it's hard to imagine a scenario in which Washington would have encountered the word much less the beer. Fair. Additionally, colonists weren't, they're not going to be digging out their cellars for careful lagering. That's true. In fact, they probably weren't brewing much at all. They drank whiskey and rum instead. That's also true. Case A, lagers weren't really a thing back then in the U.S. Case B. The next case, or the next little point here, Washington's recipe was odd. Basically, he had bran, hops, molasses, and yeast. Bran? Yes. And yeah, so that's the author said, bran is the outer layer of the grain seed, which almost contains no starch. He says this is pure speculation, but I'd guess the bran would have helped make it taste a little bit more like actual beer, and the proteins might have helped it form ahead. But really, Washington was just fermenting molasses. This is closer to a mead than a beer. Or rum of some sort, if it was distilled. (laughs) Yeah, really, if he distilled it. When I read this recipe, I see the work of extremely provisional alcohol production by somebody not overly concerned with the process or flavor. It's the fermented equivalent of moonshine. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. 
I mean, it would be funny if Budweiser started selling moonshine, but I don't think they're going to. <laughs> so, in short, the beer Washington made wasn't even properly a beer. It was fermented like an ale, mm-hmm. bore no resemblance to a modern red lager. Mm-hmm. Budweiser has cleverly exploited Washington's name without even gesturing at his recipe, and the business media, who know very little about brewing, guilelessly pass it along, effectively laundering AB and Bev's fraud. Ever since the giant bought Budweiser a decade ago, it shattered the brand's sense of confidence as an American brand, and they've been overcompensating ever since. But dragging Washington into it is really going beyond the pale. Pale. Well, with like the America label that they put yeah. on. Yes, you've all been educated, so make of that what you will with this beer. Um, also interesting, too, they pointed out some tech that wasn't around back <laughs> in that time for brewing. <laughs> Some things like um, conical fermenters, <laughs> uh, thermometers. That oh yeah, that'll do it too. Hydrometers, uh-huh. and also the process of sparging, so rinsing the grain. Yeah. yeah. Um, after you're done, dump a whole bunch of hot water on it. And the other thing that wasn't being used back then yet, still not invented, was attemperation, which is basically cooling the wort with water. So after oh, you're done yeah. boiling adding some water to it to cool it down so that's the way to go by the way it's very effective yeah for a rapid decrease Mm -hmm. yeah so very i mean to (laughs) us obvious marketing ploy by abm bev and a little bit of interesting history with that so that was bruise news well you see part of me wonder i mean like I'm sure that he's just like, oh, look, I'm sure they'll have just, you know, a big surge of this right around, you know, oh, I don't know, two months from now. Fourth of July. Yeah, they'll be, they'll just kind of come swinging in there. But I also, it's just like, ugh. The, the, the market for that beer doesn't care. Oh, no, definitely not. I mean, I don't care. I don't find it particularly offensive. I just don't like it because it's like, oh, yeah, the Belgians are screwing around with Budweiser again. Just blatant, I guess. Well, sure, sure, but I mean, you can see people getting bent out of shape about this. Beer nerds getting bent out of shape about anything? <laughs> Gee, I don't know, Michael. Do you think that can happen? <laughs> but thank you for the information. I'm going to read that. Uh, I was given that Ron Chernow Washington book for Christmas. The guy who wrote the Hamilton book. The, the, oh, okay. He also had written one about George Washington. And Ulysses oh. S. Grant, which I hope to read sometime soon. But uh, I'll find out if the beer recipe is in there, and then I'll find some bran, and I will uh, homebrew it. If you go to that article, they do show the uh, recipe. They do give more details on what ah. the step-by-step is. Okay. I, I don't know. It looks pretty nasty, if you ask me. Yeah. They were just... I was like, hmm, bran. Bran, eh? Where does one even just get whole, like straight-up bran? Not flaked bran. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I do have an inn at Quaker Oats, but... <laughs> yeah. In any case, Michael, is it time? Is it time? Is it FDR time? It's finally time for the FDR, yes. And um, I will say the FDR is where we find a beer, drink a beer, and rate a beer. And Jeremy, I will give you the privilege of announcing Sweet. the beer. Michael, thank you. You know, it's not very often a beer like this comes along. comes from Ale Asylum in beloved Madison, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. And it's a uh, it's an imperial version of another one of their beers. It's true. And it's called Goddamn Bergeddon. You're, you're welcome. <laughs> what Michael. was that again? It was Goddamn Bergeddon. <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> yeah, so this is the Imperial version of Ambergeddon, which is their, I don't know, extreme amber beer. Is Ambergeddon an extreme beer? Well, they say it's not a weak amber, so it's, I think it's a little higher ABV in the, like the 6 range, mm-hmm. and it has some more hop component to it. Oh, 6%. Hold me, Michael. Well, for an amber. Oh. But this one... Yeah, this one. ...goes up to 8.2%, and let me see what I can tell you about it. It's actually not on their website anymore. It is on their website. It took me a while to find it, but I found it. Yeah, they like buried it because it... They sold it in Bombers last fall as a seasonal, and then it came out more recently in six packs in a standard 12-ounce bottle. I just sent you the link. Oh. And also, I'm going to send you another link, and I want you to tell me if my boys in Iron Reagan have a uh, copyright infringement lawsuit on their hands. Ooh. Because... The design of the... The design uh... looks pretty close to their... uh, the cover of their split with the band Gate Creeper. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, the bottle is a skull with some revolvers framing the uh, mandible. Yeah, That's a skull. I don't know how else you're supposed to describe There's, it. There's, like, rockets and skulls and guns and stars and, like, knives and crap. It's awesome. Yeah. That's, I'm looking at your album cover here, and the one thing that is different, yours, the, the skull has wings and it's an eyeball coming out of his mouth too. Ah, uh, true. But I, but the the thing that is really similar is like the motif. It's kind uh-huh. of a, a two-tone. I don't even know enough about art to describe it, but Me neither. um almost like sketch kind of looking thing, like a charcoal drawing almost. Yeah, yeah. Engraving, if you will. Maybe. maybe. Uh the uh, the the other thing that I've noticed about this label art is mm-hmm. that uh Ralph Steadman also might have a some words to say with these people. He, you don't know the name, but you know his art. He was the guy who did all the art for Hunter S. Thompson. All the weird, oh, yeah. like, ink spattery, flying skulls, and just goofy crap like that. It kind of has that... On the label. A little oeuvre. bit. Yes. Yeah. Not as much as Flying Dog, which... No, which was based, based on him. Stedman, yes. Uh, yeah. Yes. So, now that we're on the website... I th- but I think this iterates mm-hmm. everything we said. Uh, 8.2 ABV, Imperial Amber, full body. Okay, so February through April of 2018 is when it's available. So maybe some still on the shelf, but probably winding down. A bigger, angrier version of the big and bold Ambergeddon Amber Ale that is both complex and supremely drinkable. And that's almost all the information on their website. I have it up on Beer Advocate, but there's even... There's just not a lot of information on there either. Yeah, there's not a lot, man. All right, enough of this nonsense. Let's uh we'll have to sleuth it up, right? Let's let's uh crack it open, shall we? Mhm. And we're having this one relatively on time. I mean, if it's on on shelves from February to yeah. April, we should be good. Michael, what glass are you using in this thing? I have an article about it that was reviewed in a local paper and it said to use a um Snifter style glass, so I just kind of have a basic tulip. That's what I'm doing as well. This is pretty amber, Michael. It's pretty kind of standard amber color, although it is hazy, I will say. A little hazy. It it kind of looks like the amber that the mosquitoes were trapped in in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah, just a dark copper color. The nose is interesting. What are you getting? I'm getting uh, sugar. Oh, yeah. And... 
It's it. I mean, it, it's got a little bit of that that big and boozy. Uh, I mean, imperial stout scent or like yeah. background, but I mean, for obvious reasons, because I imagine they just ramped up the grains to an absurd amount before they brewed this thing. Mm-hmm. Getting a little hoppiness on there. A little bit, yeah. But the kind of brown sugar smell. That's a good way to. Hmm. Or like a caramely sugar. This is an interesting beer, Michael. Go in for it. All right. Oh, you win in. Okay. I yeah. I, I tend to do that. Resi- <laughs> uh, get it going. That's fine. Um, the sweetness is there. Hmm. Feels almost like there's like an almost an herbal quality that's trying to poke through, but it can't quite get through the sweetness. Like somewhat of a medicinal. Uh, almost. Uh, you ever have those uh candies called whorehounds? Mm. It's like an old-timey, they sell them in those weird paper bag oh, sort of things. Yeah, I think I know what you're talking about. They're friggin' delicious, but it kind of reminds me of that. Except not as uh, root-y, for lack of a better word. To me, the predominant flavor, at least initially, is the boozy alcohol burn that kind of rips across the tongue. Not necessarily a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then trailing that, you get the kind of sweetness, and then at the end you get a punch of hops nothing too overbearing but that's when they finally get a shine through yeah I think. it's 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 weird because normally it feels like you get the bitterness of something first and then the sweetness afterwards or or am i going crazy well with, with this it seems backwards and at least in respect to that yeah, i don't know i'm just like front and center of my palate is just a punch of that 8.2 and the sweetness is there too but I, to me it's covered up i'm not getting the burn really? at all I mean, it's it's got that not a burn necessarily, but warmth. Yeah, An inner sweater. In the words of one Ben Kissel from last <laughs> podcast on the left. Yeah, it's kind of a just a bitter booziness, a little sweetness. It's got a little bit of a co- a little bit of copperiness to it too, in the taste, not necessarily the color, although yeah. it has that in spades. Yes. <laughs> this is this is this is weird. On one I mean, hand, yeah. Go ahead. The more it warms up, the more those hops are trying to poke through. Mm-hmm. And I really want to see what sort of hop they're using and, like, how much and when. I want to know the details behind this. Mm-hmm. Because it doesn't really make sense to my palate. So I I guess that's a point because I can't think of anything that quite tastes like this. Well, yeah. So an uh, imperial amber is weird to begin yeah. with. Yeah. Yeah. Kind of like an imperial jefe is weird. Right. You don't tend to see those very often. Mm-mm. I'm getting from this article, too. This is from the Isthmus uh, by Robin Shepard. Get ready for goddamn Brigadin. They say it's Cascade Hops in there. For what, Michael? <laughs> I have to look at it. <laughs> goddamn Brigadin. Yeah, there we go. I know that would have been punchier if I said it right away, but if I don't read it, I'm going to say it wrong. Well, that's okay. I think several times I tried to type it in an email to you, and I was like, goddamn bam, bear, bam, brigadin. <laughs> <laughs> that might have also almost been a better name. <laughs> it's sort of like McGurnerners, where it's a different name every single time you say it. Yep. Yeah. That old restaurant. Is that still open in Iowa City? Uh, it's known as Carl and Ernie's now, but it will always be McGurgeners to me. Okay, okay. It's, it's, it's a solid place to make the best buffalo chicken sandwich in town. They put coleslaw on it. It's great. Oh, coleslaw on a sandwich. Why not? It's delicious. It mm. rocks. I love it so much. There was a stretch where I was where I had it like three times in one week, 
and I felt real gross about it. <laughs> this is not a healthy meal at all. No, it doesn't. Yeah, I imagine not. <laughs> Back to the beer. Yeah. I don't know. I'm thinking, maybe I'm kind of creeping into my rating a little bit here, but I'm thinking the imperial aspect of it is kind of just detracting. Yeah. It's kind of like one of those things, yes, you can do it, but should you do it? Science. We're all about coulda, not about shoulda. <laughs> um, That's Pat Oswalt, by the way. That is not me. <laughs> so, I don't know. It's kind of a bit of a novelty in that regard. Uh, but it's in, it is a novelty, but it's not like freak show enough. No, to it's be not like, a freak beer, but yeah. No, no, no. I mean, it's easy enough to drink, too. It is surprisingly easy to drink, given because like when you when you look back at what you've just drank, and you're thinking to yourself, "What have I done?" Mm-hmm. And you're like, "It's super sweet." Eventually, it becomes super bitter, or well, relatively bitter. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I mean, for an amber, and it does hide that eight point two well. I I disagree with you on that. The 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 warmth. I I think it hides it extremely well. I don't know. I'm getting just this uh, boozy bitterness, and maybe I'm getting confused with hot bitterness. But at the front of the palate, where usually I don't get hot bitterness, I'm just getting this mm-hmm. bleh. So I don't know. It's just me. The 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 hop bitterness that comes in at the end of the beer. Mm-hmm. Is the the bugaboo on this one? It's the part that it's just not clicking for me. Um, yeah, this is the the super malty amberishness, if if you will, is is I think is really well done. So when you first start it, and it's like it's it's got that sweetness, but it's not cloying because there is that bitterness, mm-hmm. and I suspect the alcohol is also taking a. Uh, Sanding off the rough edges on the sweetness, anyway. Yes. But it's just that 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 hop bitterness at the end is a little. It's weird. A little out of place. Yeah. It's weird. It's it's not. It's oh, how do I describe it? It's it's like when you're watching like a brand new movie, and you see really really bad CG in like a Marvel movie or something like that. You're like, what? Why? Why? You spent how many hundreds of millions of dollars on this? Like Bruce Banner's head in that one scene of Infinity War. I haven't seen Infinity War yet. Well, look out for his head in a scene. <laughs> have you seen it? Is it good? I have seen it. <laughs> yes, I saw a movie. You saw a movie before me? <laughs> I know. Isn't it crazy? Good God. I'm shouting. What am I doing? <laughs> uh, Shall we get into the rating, though? Uh, Yeah, but before you do that, what's your rating on Infinity War? Um. So all I've had is... Uh, fanboys telling me about it aka the captain and enemy of the show ryan (laughs) yeah that's kind of a biased source it's a biased opinion (laughs) no it's it's good and you know this is coming from somebody who's just seen a handful of marvel movies i I like the visuals of those movies the most Mm -hmm. i'm not really invested in any specific characters the black Um, panther is cool i liked that movie but they take a lot of different characters and storylines and they weave them together very well so interesting and then you got this nice coalescence at the end of all the storylines kind of so I've, I've been made aware of the ending of the movie and i will eventually see it but 
my my biggest hesitation is a I'm going to Alaska in two weeks and there's many movies that I want to see that are not going to be in theaters as long as Infinity War. Oh yeah, including the 1982 horror classic Basket Case in a new 4K restoration by the <laughs> Museum of Modern Art, which is the weirdest sense I've ever said in my life, but it's true. And I'm going, and it's going to be awesome. A man ha- carries his parasitic twin around in a bas- a wicker basket in uh, early 80s New York. I think you mentioned that movie before. It's awesome. Is that a video nasty? I mean, probably. It's, pr- <laughs> it's pretty gross. Okay, okay. Uh, I, I rented it when I back when I still had the Netflix DVD plan. Like a million, like at least eight or nine years ago, and I haven't seen it since. But it was one of those, just like, oh my god, how have I never seen this movie before? <laughs> like it seems about once every three years, I find an old horror movie like that, and they're showing it at 10 p.m. tomorrow night, and I'm gonna suck it up and go to it because <laughs> I want to see what a 4K version of Basket Case looks like. Cobra Verde and buckle up, right? Pretty much, yeah. But Infinity War, I. As long as you have a passing knowledge of who these characters are, you're probably going to enjoy it. I think the only one I haven't... I haven't seen Doctor Strange, which I'm told is surprisingly good. Yes. I haven't seen that either, and I that, you might want to check that out. It's on Netflix. Yeah, before going, because he... Fairly prominent. I mean, all of them are pretty prominent, so it's... He was... What was the last one? Oh, Thor. He's he's in Ragnarok. Yeah, so that might be enough to know what he's like. I mean, obviously you know the character, but... Does it feel like two and a half hours? Because that's another sticking point. Doesn't, no. Okay. Because there's all these little storylines that you're like, oh, we're going back to this, going back to this, and you don't even really think about that, so... I think that's what is holding fiance of the show back from wanting to see that one. Uh, it's it's paced very well, and okay. they I'm sure master editors put this together, so oh, God, it, it yes. keeps your attention. Yeah. And anyway, uh, uh, back to the beer. Back to the beer. <laughs> As we tend uh, to do. Yeah, yeah. Uh, thank you for that mini review, Michael. This is. I'm not gonna say I'm not unsettled that you like went and saw a movie, let alone <laughs> saw one before me. But what with you know you having a uh, wife and child. <laughs> but I'm glad you went out and saw something. Yes, it was it was a nice little break. Now now go see something weird. <laughs> go uh, you rank this one. I need okay. more time. Yeah, yeah. I was trying to think of a weird movie and I totally blanked. I was going to say Hellraiser, but Hellraiser's a good movie. That's not that weird though, is it? It, it well, have you have you did you see it? No. That's oh. why I need to go out and see something weird. See Hellraiser. Uh. Oh, okay. Yeah, I yeah. If you, I want to see what your response is to Hellraiser because that one gets goofy. <gasps> the laminate configuration. Um. Okay. <laughs> Let me put together this puzzle of a beer. Let me do a quick sip of judgment. Okay. While you're doing that, I'm going to say that uh, at some point over this summer and or fall, we are going to watch uh, Phantasm. Oh yeah, I need. <laughs> I need to see that just because I've heard about it on a few podcasts, so it seems... Probably from me. And you too, yes. It's amazing. Like, to the point where I almost left all of my money at that Bucket O' Blood in Chicago, where it's all, like, heavy metal, t-shirts, comic books, sci-fi novels, and horror movies. (laughs) And I almost left all my money there on Phantasm-related merchandise. Okay. So this beer... You know, you're scrolling through a website, and then at the bottom there's a bunch of ads, and it's like, this one trick will save you hundreds of dollars on insurance in your state. And mm-hmm. 
then there's this one that says, has science gone too far? And it'll show a really <laughs> gross out picture. A giant bunion or something like that. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, um, that's kind of what this beer is. It's like, yeah, that's mm, fair. It's, it's cool that they did this, but I don't know. Did they need to do it? I think things I like about it are an Imperial Amber Ale is cool. Um, how easy it is to drink is kind of nice. Um, I like the maltiness aspect of it, but it kind of gets covered up by, for me at least, the um, ABV and then the, like you mentioned, the weird hot finish kind of throws it off. Mm-hmm. And I think like the, this is a beer you probably want to get if you want to get drunken, I think is, oh, yeah. might yeah. be the main demo for the beer. Cause it's just, it's, otherwise it's just not that. The flavor just isn't doing it for me, I guess is what I'm saying. So I can only see it being used as a vehicle to intoxication because of the high ABV and how easy it is to drink, relatively speaking. Get a little bit more credit than that. Well, yeah, and that's... I'm being a little too diminutive. Like I said, I think it's a cool beer because it's Imperial Amber Ale and you don't see that too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm not trying to like slam it on being like, what do we have? I always forget the name. Steel Reserve. It's not like that. Oh, or yeah. Like that. There's a lot of work went into this, and it's clear. So it's not like a, a uh-huh. throwaway beer in that regard. Like, gotta get drunk kind of beer, but it's this it's a not, strong beer. Is, this I guess is, is what this I'm is saying. not something that you would like go get a sixer of and get hammered on. Right. I guess I, intoxicated might be a strong word, but I guess maybe a better way to say it is it sneaks up on you, kind of like a... Uh, Blonde Fatale would, or something like that. Yeah, I can see that. Basically, the flavor's not doing it for me, so I'm going to give it a... I'm I'm, going to go down a peg, actually. I'm going to go 2.75. Jeez. I was going to go 3, but I'm just like, would I have this again? Probably not. It's fun to try once, and I do like the name. You mean Goddamn (laughs) Bergeddon? Yeah, that name. I think I've had Ambergeddon before, and I mm-hmm. probably would like that more than this, just because it has a more balanced flavor, I guess. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, not, I'm not I'm not slamming the beer, but it's just not for me, I guess. Hmm. Well, and I got you know I can't keep giving three point fives and stuff out, so I'm trying to be a little more critical well, we, about my. Well, what I'm once again, I would like to point out that. Uh, we we have a, a an inherent bias on these things because we only get beers we think will be. I mean, there's not a whole lot of two point fives that we review, right? Because we we aim we aim for the fences, whether it's like cherry Almondale or, mm-hmm. which has probably been brought up more than anything we've ever had on this show. Because it's probably the one example of a bad craft beer that where we just uh-huh. it didn't hit the mark for us. Yeah. Uh huh. Where we aim for that. 3.5 to 4.5 range, and it that one did not hit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Unless yeah. we make the exception, we're having a bad beer intentionally. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, but it's it's just one of those, just like there's... It, so I, I wrote music reviews for a while, many, mm-hmm. many moons. And I got a, I got, occasionally would get crap from people saying, it's like, oh, everything is a B or higher, or a D or lower. And I'm like, well, yeah, I'm not going... I only can do so many. I'm not going to waste my time with crap. Right. Unless I was specifically looking for crap. Yeah. Like a Treyu's album, Lead Sales Paper Anchor, or something like that. I don't know. <laughs> it was bad. But 
it's just we, so we have a bias. So like I would, whereas the you would think the average would be two point five, it's probably it's probably three more like three point five or like we've documented this and said it on the show. It's like yeah, it's three point six three or something like yeah, that. Yeah, 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 definitely. Um, that's can I it. say one more thing before Please you do. give your rating? Because I, I need to go in for the Saj. Okay. I think why I rated it lower is because the beer ultimately didn't meet my expectations. Because I was expecting something... I've had a lot of beer from ALS Alum, and mm-hmm. they're great. And They make fine beer. Yeah, I was expecting this one maybe to be a little different, or I had a different picture in my mind of what it would be, and it just didn't quite land where I thought it would. So I think that's ultimately why it's lower. It's just it didn't quite fit what I thought it would be. So. So this is also not what I thought it would be. However, mm. I am finding that the more it warms up, the more the uh, the nature of the Cascade hops is waking up. Mm. Whereas it was just, you know, sort of, sort of, kind of bitter with those hops at the beginning, the more it warms up and the more those, like, uh, herbaceous and floral notes come out, the more I'm finding that hop punch a little bit more nice, uh, nice good. Not bad. I don't know. Non heinous. I don't know. Um, Interesting adjectives. Okay, go on. I really like the malt flavor, like you said. Yeah. And I'm finding that uh, once it reaches this, this whatever temperature it's at right now, it is sort of balancing off. Where it's there's the, just the right amount of aroma and the right amount of bitterness. This one's grown on me like exponentially since we cracked this thing open. Mm-hmm. So okay. to completely negate everything I've said up to this point, I'm giving it a 3.75. Oh, sure. Okay. It's I really like the malt and the, the hop notes have grown on me like you wouldn't believe. Um, the website says it's a bigger, angrier version of the big and bold Ambergeddon that is both complex and supremely drinkable. And I agree with all that. It's It's not what I expected. As we've said, because mm-hmm. what does an imperial amber taste like? But, I mean, yeah, 3.75. 3.75. Okay. I think it's a matter of taste a little bit with this one. Very much so. It's kind of subjective in that regard, so. Mm-hmm. In any case, it's another one down the gullet. Indeed. Michael, it's almost time for summer. That's right. Oh, yeah, before we go, the American Pale Mill Summer Series, I think we have at least four or five kind of summery beers. It's something like that. Yeah, so what is it? What's the May holiday Memorial Day? I believe you referred to it as the jabroni start of summer in our email <laughs> well, chain. Well, because the true start of summer is ju- in June, June right? 20-something? Yeah. Yeah, June 22nd yeah, or 23rd. You're not wrong. But the jabronis like to say it's Memorial Day, so we'll kick off the... Uh, <laughs> We'll kick up the <laughs> summer series then rather than mid-June. Yeah, we got some, we've kind of been cleaning out some of the backlog of uh, yeah, the last have. swap. Um, we have a few more though, but in any case, we got some summer type beers, kind of, when you think of summer beers, we have some of those, so. We do have some of those, and I'm, I'm excited for these. Yeah. Yeah. If you want to get in touch, you can do that on Facebook, Twitter, APM Pod there apmpod.gmail.com if you want to get in touch directly. We're also on Untapped 2, APMPod there, where host Emeritus Mike, aforementioned Mike, thanks for emailing in, by the way. I agree. Keeps up with our ratings there. You can check us out there, too. Subscribe, rate, review if you can. We'd appreciate that, and spread the word. Do it that, do it, he said. But uh, we'll leave it at that. So for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. 
And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers.